This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You need to, you need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Brian Baldinger. Welcome back to another edition of In the Huddle. Carl Dukes, put him up, along with my man Brian Baldinger. Of course, Jason Lockonfora joins us as well. Guys, we're bringing you all the latest info inside the NFL. We're talking about the games, and we're going to move forward because we've got a slate of Week 11 games that we've got to look forward to. But, Baldy, before we get into this, i got to ask you about Justin Fields and what I'm seeing over the last three to four weeks with the Chicago Bears and why they're having so much success. Luke Getze is the OC there. I didn't think he knew what he was doing earlier in the season. I'm like, what are they doing here? And now all of a sudden it looks like a a switch has been hit and Justin is not only playing his best football, but all of a sudden now he's completing balls down the field. He's using his legs. Baldy, what's going on with the Bears and Justin Fields? It's rapid development, Carl. You're right. I mean, early in the season, San Francisco, some of those games, I mean, third and three, they – you know, they, they just third and eight, they would run it. You know, they just they didn't want him to make mistakes. They didn't want they wanted to try to build his confidence. And week by week, it's been building. They had to fix the offense line a little bit, get the running game going. They did all that. Then they started designing runs like he was a running back, not just scrambles and the normal quarterback stuff. But I mean, quarterback toss crack, quarterback power, like all the stuff we see Lamar running. They started putting those runs in. Now he's, you know, had a 61-yard touchdown run two weeks ago. He breaks his record, goes 67 last week, uh, you know, against Detroit. But what I see is just smart coaching, formations, motions, movement. Cole Komet's got five touchdown catches in the last three weeks. I mean, mm. I haven't seen a bear tight end since Ditka do anything like that, you know. And <laughs> was fun. But, you know, the it, 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 you can see it growing, the whole package. Not just, and the confidence growing, Carl. Like the stuff that you're supposed to do with the young quarterback. You know, like last year they threw him to the Wolves in Cleveland in his first start, got sacked nine times, he didn't know what he was doing. Like I felt like there's a plan for this kid. He's incredibly talented. Maybe as good, pick a name, anybody. Pick a name in this league. Athletic-wise, he's as good as anybody. Uh, the Lions didn't know what to do with him. And so even if he throws a pick six off a screen, to the tight end last week, he comes right back with that 67-yard touchdown run, take the lead right back. I think he is going to be a superstar in this league. I, I really do. I think he's got the, the mentality, the talent, uh, and they're building this thing around him the right way. I'm with you, and I got to give you full disclosure here. Kid went to high school here in the Atlanta area, yep. Harrison High School. Yep. Uh, I'm friends, and you know I know his family well, his father, yep. Pablo. He listens to the show all the time. I saw Justin do exactly what he's doing now in high school. Now, given the level of talent, and you know, when guys are just better than everybody else. But this is very similar to what you saw. And this is something that that is not out of his realm. This is how he should be used. And I I guess that's why I was a little confused early in the season as to what they were trying to do with him. But I'll say this. I'm with you. 
I felt this way coming out of Ohio State. And I know a lot of you know people think about Ohio State quarterbacks being busters and not being great quarterbacks in the NFL. But I saw enough of this young man to know he can make every throw, but he's also special in the run game. And you got to be able to, to, to put that pressure on the defense. So if they keep doing this, is he going to be the most improved player in the NFL? Yes. Uh, he's the most improved player through 10 weeks, Carl, in this whole league. And if you go back to Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, the whole, you know, the whole class, I, I, he was my favorite quarterback coming out because I thought athletically nobody was better. Trey Lance, nobody was better. But I thought that there was something – when I beating Clemson. Some of these games I saw him playing college, Carl, like I saw all the throws. Then he just had to he, – he's with the right coach right now. Mm. Like I list Luke Getze and, and you know, and Eberflus. It's a good staff. Like, yeah, they got a, a miles to go on defense and all that stuff. But you can see how it's coming together. It's just smart. And they're going to give teams problems. I don't care who they play on the schedule down the stretch. Baldy, let's talk about the games coming up this weekend. It's Carl Dukes, Brian Baldinger. It's in the huddle, guys. Subscribe, like us, and make sure you tell your friends about us because we put out new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. All right, I'm looking at the Titans, and I'm saying they could sneak and be the number one seed in the AFC, and we're going to look up and go, how in the hell did this happen? They get the Packers this weekend. Packers coming off of that incredible win against the Cowboys. Maybe this is the turning point. But here's my question. What do the Packers do well that the, the Titans are going to have to defend? Because I still don't know if they have a great identity yet. Well, here's the thing, Carl. In two of the last three games for the Packers, they run for over 200 yards. Ran for 200 against Buffalo, lost the game. Uh, ran for over 200 against Cal Cowboys, down 14. They never abandoned it. They stayed with it. Even down 14 in the fourth quarter, Carl. We've all heard that stat, how the Cowboys are 195-0, and 0, all right, with the 14-point lead going into right. the fourth quarter until Sunday. And so that's what they do well. That The tandem of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, they got their line healthy. Bakhtiari, Jenkins on the left side. They, they fixed the line. The tight ends, it's good. They're going up against the Tennessee Titans defense. They're like a python, Carl. They're like a giant <laughs> python, this defense. They just constrict you and compress you. And they did it last week. With you know against Denver, without Jeffrey Simmons, without Bud Dupree, mm. so get to know the names of Mario Edwards, Demarcus Walker, Tyer Tart, like Rashid We uh, Rashad Weaver, like these guys. They all play the same way. They don't go around you, Carl. They go through you. And <clears throat> so when I watch this team play, they'll give everybody a problem. They get even though they lost to the Chiefs, they gave them a problem. Yeah, they, they'll give everybody a problem. They hit Russell Wilson, Carl. 18 times. Wow. They sacked him six times. And if the defensive backs could catch, they would have had three interceptions. So I, Green Bay, as good as that win was against Dallas, and it was great. Maybe it turns it around. This is a much, much different opponent. They're much better defensively in some ways than Dallas. They don't have the sack numbers, but they do things different. You want to run the ball in third and one? Okay. Teams try. They don't go anywhere. Like, they just <laughs> penetrate. They penetrate and they're stout and they're eight deep and they have, you know, Vrabel's got this crazy vision about how to play, play and win games, Carl. They play his style of football. Yeah. And I love Vrabel. I do. I mean, he, he is, I think in some cases underrated for whatever reason, he's damn good at, at yeah. getting his guys ready, you know, and, and getting them ready to play. You talk about Simmons. I just want to ask you this. 
that is the reason, that defense is the reason you're saying they could potentially be the number one seed in the AFC as this thing shakes out because they're so stout. And Simmons, he, he's arguably one of the best defensive players in the league. Well, he's, he, you know, you, there's there's five defensive tackles. I mean, there's Aaron Donald, you know, but Chris Jones and, you know, there's five guys out there. And Jeffrey Simmons is one of those five that just changes the game from the inside. And the thing that was impressive about Denver is this is the first game I've seen him miss mm. since he, you know, he came back from that horrible knee injury at Mississippi State. And so without, even without him and without his presence, because literally one-on-one, nobody could block him in the league. He's like Chris Jones, you know, a Grady Jarrett's playing, you know, great football. There's, there's about five guys that are really playing top level inside football, Javon Hargrave. Um, but he, he's in that category right now. All right. So they will be able to stop the run potentially against the Packers. Can the Packers stop the run against the Titans? How do you slow down Derrick Henry? Well, that's a challenge. That's a challenge. He got stopped black. Denver did a great job. Denver's got a really good defense. They're very good at the point of attack. They never really – you got to get Derrick Henry before he gets started, Carl. I mean, it sounds, it sounds easy. The, the thing that makes Derrick Henry so difficult isn't what people say. Like, yes, a lot of guys have speed in this league. Nick Chubb has speed, you know, and can break long runs. Damian Pierce has speed and can make long runs. I, I can pick five backs. The thing that makes Derrick Henry special – is he's literally he's he's taller than me, six foot five, and when he gives you the stiff arm, Carl, you can't get to his body. Yeah, you physically can't get to his legs or his body to tackle him. But you have to get him before he gets started, where he can give you that stiff arm. And when he gets that, that's when those long runs happen because you bounce off him. And I don't care who's trying to tackle him. So you've got to get him almost at the line of scrimmage, and that's what Denver did last week. Let's talk about the Eagles coming off of their loss against the Commanders. They take on the Colts. The Colts beat the Raiders? And here the Eagles are losing their first game of the season. So here's what I'm thinking, Baldy. Eagles are going to be ready. Colts feel like, hey, we're much better than people are saying. And look look at what Jeff Saturday did. He came in here, simplified things, and we were able to win a game. Now, I don't know if that's a function of how dysfunctional the, the, the Vegas Raiders are or if that's the Colts. But with that said... This is going to be a truer test for Jeff Saturday's club. Yeah, it is. Uh, they'll, they'll be much better than the Raiders. They're much better coached. I mean, but he, here's the deal is this is what Jeff Saturday did. He he fixed the right guard position, put Will Freeze in there. All right, Matt, you know, Matt Pryor was really struggling. He put Matt Ryan in at quarterback. Yep. Okay. They got they got Jonathan Taylor healthy. They ran the ball. Big 66-yard touchdown to open up, you know, to blow up the game open. Uh, and Matt Ryan was smart, smart with the football. Defensively, look, Stephon Gilmore will line up on A.J. Brown. I mean, like, they'll have matchups, you know, for for the Eagles. The Eagles did lose Dallas Goddard in this game last week on Monday night against it. Like, and, you know, people go, okay, Dallas Goddard, next tight end up. Uh, this guy is one of the best, if not the best, blocking tight end in the league. They call a lot of plays for him, tight end. In fact, the, the ball that he caught was a tight end screen. They, they do a lot with him in the middle of the field. It, it's going to be a big loss for the Eagles, but I do expect the Eagles to come back and be able to run the ball. Uh, that's they, they kind of abandoned it on Monday night for whatever reason, and they struggled to stop the run. So I want to see the Eagles' defense without Jordan Davis because two weeks in a row they've really struggled to stop the run, and that's really where this game is going to be tilt. Can the Eagles stop or slow down Jonathan Taylor in this game? Baldy, real quick, where are you at with the, the hiring of Jeff Saturday? I know we talked a bit a little bit about it last week. Listen, I think Ursay, he's got issues in how he handled this whole situation. 
But there's two trains of thought for me. One is you hire whoever the hell you want to hire when you're the owner. Two, yes, there should be a process for guys who have grinded and put in the work and worked their asses off to get an opportunity to maybe be a head coach. But this was an unusual situation at the time of the firing and the hiring. So listen, if Jeff Saturday has success, is everybody up in a rage for nothing? Well, yeah. I mean, if he if he comes in there and he takes control of this and uh, you know, he delegates and leads and get, you know, gives these guys something to, you know, a vision to play for. That's kind of what you want your head coach to do. I mean, a lot of head coaches game days here, Carl, like they're managing the game, yeah. like the coordinators and the coaches, Bubba Ventrone, special teams, you know, uh, Gus Bradley defense, like the hands, the, the games are in the hands of the coordinators and the assistant coaches. The head coach has got, like, there's some, you know, head coaches that do it all, but, like let there's nothing wrong with saying okay this guy has this ability to do this let's give him a chance to do it i was against the hire because it went against the grain of all these guys that have given worked their whole life to get to this opportunity but if jeff saturday comes in it's like putting a new ceo in a company that knows like hiring a new ceo to run coke and you've never had a glass of coke you know like <laughs> you're going to run coca cola like, it, it happens in business all the time you know, you just need, and, and so if Jeff can, if Jeff beats the Eagles here, and they get back in the race, Jim Mercy is going to look like a genius. Right, right. It's crazy. Let's talk about uh, Jets, Patriots. It's Carl Dukes. Put him up with my man Brian Baldinger. It's in the huddle. Subscribe, like us. New episodes every Tuesday, Thursdays, guys. We're looking ahead to Week Eleven. All right, both of these teams coming off of buys. Jets six and three. Patriots five and four. This AFC East is anybody's ball game now that the Bills have come back to earth a little bit. What are you thinking about this matchup? Well, I think it's going to be a real defensive matchup, and it should have been a couple weeks ago when they played, and Zach Wilson just got sloppy with the football, and as he has been prone to do. And when he gets sloppy, no matter how well the defense plays, which was very good, um, you know, they just got short fields and too many possessions, and they lost. So I think – Zach Wilson knows that, look, he's got he's got a job to do, but you can't give it to the other team. That, not play to, he's not going to play conservative, but I believe this Jets defense is real, really real. And I, I think they, they they have everything it takes to be great. They've got a sauce and DJ Reed in the, on the edges, as good a tandem as there is. Um, the safeties are very good. Uh, and then if you look at their front, they're eight deep on the defensive front, led by Quinn Williams. Like, let those guys do their job up front. They, they're they going to run Ramondre Stevenson. And they're going to, you know, I formate. They're going to just do all the basics that the Patriots do, and they'll play ash and pass off it. It doesn't look very exciting, but it's effective. The Jets have to get them off the field. they got to make stops. And that's what this is all about, the Jets' defense making stops. If they can take it away once or twice, they'll win this game. But if they don't, they have to make stops and not allow the Patriots just to possess the ball and eat up the clock and, you know, and, and control the game from that standpoint. The Jets have, even though it's in Foxborough, it doesn't matter. They, they have the ability to go up there and keep the Patriots to 17 points. And if they do, then this is going to come down to the final possession. It's crazy, Baldy. The Jets' defense is on pace to be the first team in the Super Bowl era, all right, to rank in the top 10 in scoring and total defense after ranking dead last oh. last year in both categories. They have so, a real shot, to your point about the defense. Well, give credit to, to Joe Douglas, general manager, 
like I, I got a text from Joe. I'll share a, a little bit of it. But he just said after their last victory that he's never been more committed mm. to building a team through the trenches than what they're doing right now in New York. And so, you know, you go out and you draft Jermaine Johnson and you go get Carl Lawson and, you know, you just, you, you get Solomon, you know, Thomas, and you just get depth on that position. And then you just keep, you know, you, you go get Nate Herbig from the Philadelphia Eagles in the off season and you find Cedric Abway on the street and you just, just keep building that thing and everything else will take care of itself. It's crazy. Uh, and that, that division, guys, is up for grabs. It really is. That's a big yeah. game this weekend, Jets and Patriots. All right, Cowboys-Vikings as we look ahead to Sunday's matchups. First, let me say this. This damn Purple 8. I mean, he's got me wanting to get chains and do dances. I mean, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, exactly. Give him props. I got to give him credit. Coming off of the win last week, and that was an incredible game against the Bills. But the Cowboys are favored on the road, right, against the Vikings. I mean. I'm not quite sure about that, but let me ask you this. What's going on with the Cowboys? Is it injuries or is it this defense is starting to show some flaws because Baldy, they're not stopping the run like they were earlier in the season. They need more fat guys, Carl. Up front. They don't have <laughs> fat guys, man. Like, you know, like the Bears ran for 240 and, you know, the Packers had their way with them and never abandoned the run. Um, you know, and, and really they, they were sloppy. I mean, Micah Parsons has got, He's got these gorges to fill from inside linebacker, and he's got nobody's protecting him. I mean, Micah Parsons should be Ray Lewis if they want to play him at the off the ball inside linebacker. Like, cover him up with, you know, when Ray had Haloti Nada. Yeah, big and all guys. Those big Buddhas inside. Ray just was a vacuum cleaner. He just cleaned up. Here's 18 tackles. That's what Micah should be doing. But Micah can't do it if he's got offensive guards and tackles just all hitting him from every angle. And so I almost feel like, Put Micah at the end, like you know, get you know, get big inside, you know, and and, and because Dalvin Cook, like he he helped win that game the other day. He went eighty-one yards, Carl, when they were down twenty-seven to ten, got him right back in the game of one play, and he has the ability to do that against anybody. So they, they, that's a flaw. The the run game and stopping the run and how you handle it and run fits. You you if you're going to be undersized, it's about hitting your gaps and penetrating and playing defense on the other side of the line of scrimmage. And they didn't do that against Green Bay. So they better, like, tighten that up right now. Is, is this the most important game for the Cowboys to yes. date? To date? Yeah, yeah, because, like, the defense is we, – we know that, you know, when things are going well and they got to – even, you know, if they can get after the quarterback and all that. Um, but Green Bay threw the ball 20 times, Carl. They didn't have that many chances to go affect the game like that. So teams want to take the air out of the ball and run it like Chicago did, like – Green Bay did, uh, like the Eagles did at times. Like, they really struggled. So, and then offensively, Dak didn't play well. He just didn't play well. Uh, forget about the interceptions. He wasn't sharp early on. And, Carl, I said this when Cooper Rush was in there. This What they did for Cooper Rush was they emphasized the run, and they max protected him. And they gave him half-field reads and pretty easy throws, and he, he executed that. And I feel nothing against Dak. But I feel like that's what they should go back to doing because I thought that's when the offense looked the best. 13 personnel, three tight ends, two rookies that can really block, really get the running game going, give the quarterback time. To give Dak five options, like it's just hard. And he wasn't good the other day. He had a mixed communication with him and CD in the middle of the field. Rudy Ford jumps it, interception. 
like it all falls on Dak, but I don't know what CD saw. Like that timing wasn't right on that play, but the turnovers killed him the other day. Baldy, we got to bring in a special guest, Nick Costas. He is a guy that hosts You Better, You Bet, and he's here to join us to talk about some of the games this weekend right now here on In the Huddle. Nick, it's good to have you on, man, and uh, I-, I can't wait to hear what you think about some of the matchups. But Baldy was just talking about the Cowboys. How the hell are they on the road and a two-point favorite against a Vikings team that is hot? and One seven in a row, hot. Yeah, and seemingly doing everything right, Nick. What's going on here? Well, first off, Thank you guys for having me on the show. You guys do an amazing job. Baldy comes on You Better You Bet every week. So this is awesome. So thank you guys for having me on your show. As far as the point spread for the Cowboys and Vikings goes, like it's it's perfectly explainable. And I think we did a we did this on the show on Monday, right? When I saw the point spread on Sunday night, and then we talked about it on Monday, that a lot of people are going to look at this and say, well, how could this be? How could the Cowboys be favored in this game, right? Minnesota just beat Buffalo. We all watched this epic game. Then we all watched Dallas blow a two-touchdown lead against Green Bay in the afternoon slate on Sunday. And yet Dallas is a road favorite in the game but I think like the line is actually right like Dallas should be a favorite in the game now you don't have to bet on Dallas in the game you can think Minnesota's going well, why, to Nick? why should uh, they be a two-point favorite it's basically how like how the betting market works and maybe at some point we can go through like a real like like explanation of like a mathematical explanation of how this works but just based on closing point spreads of games and how the teams have been rated in the betting market it's basically right when the betting market closes for a particular game and all the people with a lot of money who are really smart who have registered their opinions like that's how the market is going to view these teams going forward so like the betting market like the closing spreads of games dictates that Dallas should be a favorite in this game. Or if you want to say that Minnesota should be a favorite, you can say Minnesota maybe should be a one-point favorite in the game, right? Minnesota obviously has an incredible home field advantage. Minnesota's been really good this season. But I think a lot of sports betters, guys, will look at Minnesota and say, Sunday's game notwithstanding, because like they like kind of like authentically won that game. I guess if Buffalo doesn't like screw up that snap at the end of the game, which cost me a lot of money, which was really annoying. But, uh, <laughs> but like Minnesota kind of has been a team and we see this every year and it's not to say that they don't deserve to be as good as they've been or like the record doesn't indicate how good they are they've been like a little lucky in a lot of games this year and I think like if these two teams played on a neutral field the Cowboys are probably better the Cowboys are better than Minnesota on a neutral field now Minnesota does have the great home field advantage so there's no real difference between Minnesota being a one-point home favorite versus Dallas being a one-point road favorite I have no issue with the line I actually like don't have a strong opinion on the game maybe if like I had to like gun to my head I would take Minnesota just because it's hard to trust Dallas on the road. We saw what they just did in Lambeau. But I don't think, like, the line is wrong, to answer your initial question. Nick Costas, guys, he hosts You Better, You Bet. It's free on the Odyssey app. Get it wherever you get your podcast. He's joining us to talk about the betting angle here as Baldy and I chop up some games getting ready for Week 11. All right, Packers coming off that emotional win. They're a three-point favorite at home. Baldy just told me, Nick, the Titans' defense is stout. Am I silly to think that I should jump on the Packers here with the three points based on the fact that they ran the ball well last week? Uh, I love the Packers in the game. Uh, We bet the Packers on Sunday night um, under three. Um, Again, like this is like, Baldy's 100% right about, Baldy has forgotten more about football than I will ever know. You guys have forgotten more about football than I will ever know. And like, and I, and I know that, and I stay in my lane here is kind of like. I appreciate that, Nick, but I'm, I'm, I'm a little like, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a puppy. I'm just a piker when it comes to the lines and the betting <laughs> sure. side of things like that. So my ears are wide open when you start talking about this stuff, Nick. So I think like, 
like you're right with what you say about the Titans, like the Titans defense, right? And they were obviously played even with a number of guys out, like important players out due to injury. Again, it's Russell Wilson and the Broncos. They've been brutal offensively all year. But I think like that sort of stuff, like, well, Tennessee's defense is stout. It matters, but I think that matters more for like a player prop perspective, right? Where you can say, well, the Titans defense is really stout. So maybe I think like A.J. Dillon, who doesn't have as much escapability as Aaron Jones, might not have a big game. Or maybe that's where it comes into account. Whereas like just an analysis, of point spreads of games, like Green Bay should probably be more than a three-point favorite in this game. Like Tennessee, I, I think has got way too much credit on the open with Green Bay being below a three-point favorite and betters immediately said like, this is wrong. It got bet up to three. And if you're looking at it right now um, at BetMGM, you better, you bet show sponsor, you better, uh, Green Bay is a three-point favorite, but it's juiced heavily towards the Packers. This is going to go up to three and a half. So I would mm. say to people out there, if you agree with Baldy and you think Tennessee's defense is going to make the difference in this game, like you'll be able to bet Tennessee plus plus three and a half. And that is three is the most key number, right? Think about the mathematics of the NFL games land on three and seven, most often touchdowns and field goals, et cetera. Right. So you're going to get a good opportunity to bet Tennessee. For me, I, I think it's easily green Bay here where green Bay kind of got its groove back, obviously with the win on Sunday against the Cowboys. I think Christian Watson kind of unlocks this entire offense gives Aaron Rodgers like a true legitimate number one receiver enables them to run the ball a little bit better. Aaron Jones was amazing. Green Bay's defense came up big and big moments now Dak Prescott throwing the ball away well, what if what if Christian Watson decides to go back and just start clanking balls off his hands and he has <laughs> hands like feet like we've seen to start that game and much of the season so far what if he what if he returns to that player sure like this is what we always say like as betters kind of like you your process leading up to the game can be as sound as anything and then the game starts and it's an oblong ball and it bounces in weird directions and whatever right. the hell happens is whatever's going to, I, I middled and we can like, it's like a betting thing where I took both sides of the bills Vikings game. I would have won a lot. If bills minus bills one by four on Sunday and Josh, they, they, they screw up the snap when it's 27, 23 and I lose or, yeah. or I, I, or I split my bets like crazy stuff happens during this game. So of yeah. course that could happen. Aaron Rodgers could get hurt on the first play of the game and the, and the, and the bet is, is kaput, right? right? What all I can tell you here is that I think that Ryan Tannehill's high ankle sprain is going to kind of play more into account in this game than it did on Sunday against Denver, against better competition, a team that's got some belief now. Um, I think Green Bay is the only side in this game on Thursday night. I love the Packers. All right, Nick, before we ask you about your, your game of the week or the one that you're really looking at hard, I got to ask you about the Bills, all right? Because Josh Allen has turned it over six interceptions the past three games. They're an eight-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Browns, and you know that was an emotional loss. I mean, Josh is going off the field. He's banging his helmet. Three fumbles. He's lost one of the three. My point is he's all of a sudden become a turnover machine. So why am I giving the Bills eight-and-a-half against the Browns at home when I know what the Browns are capable of, even though that offense is not what they saw last week in the Vikings? Well, that's like the beauty of Josh Allen, right? Like Josh Allen giveth and Josh Allen taketh away. It's the Josh Allen experience. When he's at his best, he's the best in the world. And when he's at his worst, he's not the worst in the world, but like he's going to lose you a game if he's going to play like that and turn the football over um, like he did obviously against Minnesota um, this past weekend. As far as the point spread of the game goes, I actually think the number's short. I make Buffalo a 10-point favorite in the game. Um, so I bet Buffalo on Sunday night. Like Buffalo should bomb Cleveland's defense in this game. Cleveland's defense is brutal. Look what Miami did to them this past weekend. Denzel Ward comes back. It doesn't matter. And look at the box score. Like Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle didn't have good games. And, and Miami still scored 39 points on them. I think it's a big time get right spot for Buffalo's offense here in a major way. Now, the one thing to consider here, guys, with this game, the, the total weather. has dropped. Correct. 
The total has dropped four points now. There is snow in the forecast. Now, snow is not really what matters, what's going to screw up a total, because snow actually benefits the offense. The offense knows where it's going. The defense doesn't, right? So the offense can get off the ball a little faster. Snover is a term that's used in, like, the betting community for betting overs in games that have snow for that reason. Wind, though, is what will screw up a total in a game. Now, the wind right now, and it's Wednesday as we record this, right? Meteorology is extremely fickle. This changes by the minute. So as of right now, the wind is expected to be 16, 17 miles per hour. When when we get past 20 miles per hour, Nick, I'm that's not winning my bet nifty. until five minutes before the kick. <laughs> and I think you're absolutely not that. But the one thing to consider here as far as the wind is concerned, remember the game that we saw last year, that yep. Monday night game Patriots. with the Patriots. Josh Allen has the howitzer arm to sling the ball through the wind. Jacoby Brissett's been good this year. I'm not going to like denigrate his level of play. He does not have that level of arm that Josh Allen has. True. So if the wind's going to be bad, it actually, I think, helps the Bills. People will say, oh, well, the Browns can run the ball. Yeah, but they're not going to be able to throw it if the wind is bad here. So I, I think the game lines up either way, kind of, for a bet on the Buffalo Bills. All right, Nick Costas, guys, this is why you watch. This is why you check him out. You better, you bet. Make sure you get the podcast. I got to ask you before we let you go. I know you got sure. two minutes or so. Give me the game that you're looking at that you feel really good about this weekend. I think the worst game may be Raiders-Broncos, but hell, who knows? Tell me what you think the game is that I should be looking at this weekend. Okay, so this is unfortunate for me to say this. Now, I I am a New Yorker, like, through and through. I grew up a Giants fan, but I have a lot of friends that are Jets fans. And I think this Jets team is a lot of fun. And, Baldy, we've talked about this on You Better You Bet. This is my opinion. Again, like, your opinion on this stuff means a thousand times more than mine, just a, someone who's watched football for over 30 years. I think there's a reasonable argument to be made that the Jets have, if not the best defense in football, like maybe like the second or third best defense in football. This defense is absolutely sensational. I would love to see the Jets take down the Patriots on Sunday in Foxborough, both teams coming off their bye. But with the point spread being what it is here, I, I, I just, I cannot get there. And I think the reason why the Jets were bet here, so this spread opens, guys, at three and a half. Now it's sitting at Patriots minus three. That is a massive move again. If you think about it, it's not just a half point. It's a half point down to like the most key number, which is going to decide whether like you win or lose your bet is because people look at the box score of the game. They played at MetLife a couple weeks ago, a game, quite frankly, that the Jets dominated, except for the fact that Zach Wilson is chucking the ball up like a drunk bride throwing a bouquet at a wedding. Like he's brutal in the game. Now the floor, and I think had a brilliant offensive game plan the next week against Buffalo, where it's, we're going to let Zach throw the ball 18 times in the game, whatever it was. We're not going to let Zach lose the game. I think my problem here with liking the Jets in this game is Zach against Belichick. Now, I'm willing to be wrong here. I'm not saying I'm right, but Zach Wilson's got to prove that he can go on the road and slay this particular dragon here. So this is like a point spread bet for me. The Patriots have to be more than a three-point favorite in this game. Right now, they're only a three-point favorite. New England minus three, in my opinion, is a must bet. It doesn't mean the bet's going to win. I also think that the game is going to close over three. So for people out there listening, if you agree with me, bet the Patriots now while the getting's good because this game, no way this is going to close three. This will close over three on Sunday. So I hate to say it as a New Yorker, but I'm going to bet the Patriots on Sunday to take down the Jets. Great stuff, Nick. You're welcome anytime, my man, as always, here in the huddle with us. Subscribe, guys. Get Nick every week. He puts out great episodes. It's awesome stuff as we talk about the NFL. Nick Costas, thank you so much. You better, you bet. Appreciate you being here, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Wishing you guys and all your great listeners minimal sweats, winning bets, the absolute very best of luck. And Nick, I got like, I bet on every game. We could do as many games as you guys want. <laughs> and I am more than happy to come back anytime you want. Baldy, I'll talk to you later on You Better, You Bet. You got it, Nick. Good stuff. Baldy, I want to get back to the game you're going to be at, and then we'll get out of here, which is yeah. the Ravens 
taking on the Panthers. Ravens at home. I saw the Panthers last week. I was up in Charlotte, went up for the game. And I, I don't know. I, I look at them and, you know, quarterback switch this week. I think they're going with Baker Mayfield. I don't know if that matters. I, I just feel like this is a game the Ravens have to handle business. Speaking of point spreads, and we didn't even ask Nick about this, but they're double-digit favorite at home, 12 points for the Ravens. Tell me what you see in this game. You'll be up there. Yeah, well, uh, I was supposed to go to Buffalo, but the snowstorm, like, they, they, they don't know if we can get it in and get out. But anyways, it's supposed to be two feet up there. But, you know, I, you know, the Ravens have won three in a row, and they look like this is a John Harbaugh team right now. Special teams are locked down. Lamar is playing really good football. They've got their offensive line fixed. Ronnie Stanley at left tackle now looks like Ronnie Stanley before the injuries occur. This Tyler Linderbaum is exactly what they wanted at center. They look so solid up front. Tight ends are all blocking. The ball's going in all different directions. You'll get Mark Andrews back. They played a couple games without him. He's their number one target. But defensively, this team, when they got Roquan Smith mm. and you combine it with Patrick Queen, they might be the, the fastest tandem of inside linebackers in the league. So you, whether you want to cover, you want to chase sideline to sideline, you want to blitz, they've got a combination. They already look like they play well together. And so, and Roquan, look, he, he's a great player. He's in a terrible situation in Chicago. He knows he's on a good team and it's a well-coached team. And so all he's going to do is elevate his game. And I feel like this is a team that could go on a deep run right now. And Carolina just happens to be in the way. Baldy, great job, man. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what happens this weekend. Next week, guys, we will put out an episode before the Thanksgiving Day games and getting into the Thanksgiving weekend. So make sure you're here. We'll have some more special guests potentially uh, next week. But do not worry. We are back and bringing you all the love from the NFL in the huddle. Follow Brian Baldinger. I'm Carl Dukes. Put him up and make sure you check out Jason Lock on 4. Baldy, have a great weekend, man. Yep. We'll talk next week. Thanks, Carl. All you the best. Guys, we'll see you soon.